Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys to the city. Keys to the city, baby. When you see us, so you know. Crossed up by Colby. Well, floated Shaq. And then Shaq goes like this. And the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clovercrest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Thank you, Trevor and Ted. Ted, that was a Keys of the City on it twice a week. They'll be it'll be on uh, later on this week previewing the Giants Cardinals game and the rest of the NFL action. So check that out. But welcome to Sports Talk with RNJ. I'm your host Steve Risser, along with Justin D'Onofrio, and it's been a crazy week in, in sports and especially in college sports with with everything that's been going on. I mean, with the COVID issues in college basketball and in college football. Obviously, James Harden looks like he's going to be out of Houston. But we got to start in the NFL. We got to start. With the game last night with the Cowboys and Ravens, and you if you had the Ravens uh, minus eight, that was easy money, as uh, as Orlando Brown said after the Ravens scored that last touchdown, where it looked like the Cowboys didn't even care, didn't even care at all. The Cowboys defense was so disinterested after that last touchdown, as the Ravens beat the Cowboys thirty-four to seventeen to go to seven and five. Cowboys go to three and nine. For the Ravens, they were really, really good on the ground. Had a, had a I mean, ran for over three hundred yards. J.K. Dobbins had a big game. Lamar Jackson had a big. Uh, big day in the ground, but for the Cowboys, they had 12 days off, and I don't know what the special teams or the defense was doing uh, during those 12 days because they were absolutely pathetic. The Cowboys' run defense was absolutely terrible. The special teams was terrible, missing three field goals. I'll give the offense some credit. They did compete against a tough Ravens defense. I'm not the biggest Andy Dalton fan, but he competed in the game. He played what well, he played well in the game, but uh, the the Ravens all over the Cowboys last night, uh, 34-17. Uh, the Cowboys right now at three and nine, and really the question is, where do they go from here? Yeah, that was brutal. Just you know, for twelve days off to be able to try to prepare this offense, especially for the Ravens, they've had six days. So the Cowboys have had double the time off than the Ravens did, and yeah, that was another pathetic performance for them. Just one of many this year we've seen, and you know, you're right. You know, it, again is. Baltimore teammate, they didn't really throw the ball well, and but they ran ran it all over them. And if you can't stop the Ravens running game, you have no shot. And, and it, it didn't even seem like they even uh, cared to even try to stop it. It was just another just very pathetic performance of the Cowboys. Um, they just again looked awful, and you know, you just I just I don't know where they go from here. You know, I, I really don't know what Jerry's plans are. My my idea is that they get a top five pick. They're going after a quarterback. Since, uh, I just see Jerry Jones doing that. It's just, As, yeah. And Frank says it completely. No excuses made for the Cowboys. Absolutely not. I mean, it was absolutely pathetic. I mean, just defensively, it just it just seemed like they just did, they just didn't even care on defense. I mean, it just seemed like they just let the Ravens run right through them. That horrific penalty by Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods should be cut after that penalty when he where he, where he tackled the tight end there. He should be cut after that. That's absolutely pathetic. It's just it's just been a year for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are turning to the Cowgirls. Nice, Frank. I like that one. The Cowboys. They sure are turning to the Cowgirls because they are soft. The Cowboys are soft. They they are still they they just let a team completely run all over them last night. And really, where they go from here is, I mean, do you, do you, the the big thing is is do you keep do you keep uh Mike McCarthy or Mike McCarthy as head coach? That's that's pretty much a big, a big question there. I, I mean, it is one year. I don't think Jerry's going to get rid of a coach after one year. But if you do. 
I think if, if say, a Lincoln Riley's available, I think a Lincoln Riley would be a fool if he coached the Dallas Cowboys. Even though they have Dak Prescott, that defense is absolutely terrible. But if, if Lincoln Riley's out there, maybe, you know, Jerry, you, you can entertain that offer. But it, it's just looking really bad. But for the quarterback thing, Justin, I still think they signed Dak Prescott. And I think if they get a top five pick, they trade down so they can get multiple picks to try to make that defense better. Because right now that defense is absolutely pathetic. No, that, that defense. And again, it's, it, you know, again, Washington, they defense with that. It's been, you know, again, the, the Viking game looked like they had some life. They won that game. And then since it's just, it's been the same team pretty much since Dak got hurt. They just, they just quit defensively. It's just everybody they play just torches them. It just, it's embarrassing, you know. And again, I'm more, I, cause I just, you know, I, I see Jerry just going, going for a field or a Lance because he, won't want to pay that he's going to want to keep paying other guys money that just kind of seems to be his type of thing and you know then so I, that that's why i do think he's gonna go get a quarterback but again that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world because they have a lot of holes defensively and they need to fix that defense and they need to get an alpha they need to get a leader and i know vanders has been hurt you know he's been you know and he's nice when they have him but it's like they, you know they're missing that leader on defense they're missing that alpha um, yeah, they need somebody to step up in that locker room. And it's, I think that's, and that guy is Dak as, you know, we all could probably attest to it's, it's Dak Prescott and he's not there right now. And it's just, these next few weeks are going to be long. You're going to get even longer for Cowboys fans. Yeah. I mean, I really see maybe one to maybe two wins left on the schedule. I mean, at least they got the Bengals and the Eagles, yeah. but it's going to be hard to see them. I mean, they're done. They're not going to, they're not going to compete for a playoffs, but I know they're, kind of in it but they're not competing they're not going to go into the playoffs the way they're playing right now there's no way and here's a comment from frank about mike mccarthy you keep the head coach that is not really his team uh, he, you got i don't know if you have to give a coach two years anymore as, as we've seen as i've seen as giants fans they gave mcadoo less than two years they gave Shermer two years uh give him time to bring in his own players i, I kind of agree with that i kind of agree with maybe keeping mccarthy i think the one thing you don't do if you're the cowboys is is if you fire Mike McCarthy, then the next head coach, you got to either get a GM or give give the next head coach personnel control because you can't just fire your another coach and then have Jerry Jones continue to be the GM. That can't happen. So if you're going to get rid of McCarthy, Jerry Jones cannot be Jerry and Stephen Jones cannot be in charge of personnel. That's the number one thing. You 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 can't have that happen. That just can't happen. So if, so if, if you do fire McCarthy, you have to get a GM or give a head coach personnel control. But I could see them keeping Mike McCarthy next year. But just part of me is seeing too. It's just not working. It just it seems like he's just. It just doesn't seem like this team is cohesive on either side. I mean, on offense, I thought they compete. Obviously, they competed last time. But on the defensive side of the ball, they just seem like they have no chemistry at all. It just seems like a mess. And I know Dak Prescott is out, but even if Dak Prescott was in, this team would not be. This team would probably be be would probably have four or five wins anyways. Yeah, no, I, I they would have a couple more wins because again, I think they'd be winning some games in a shootout. Now they don't. They don't have that quarterback to be able to win games. In a shootout, and, and with the McCarthy thing, you know, uh, again, it, it's tough because it just seems like this team's pretty much quit on him. And that's the thing: do you really want to bring a guy back that and doesn't seem like he's got the respect right now in the locker room? And then also, you know, because we all know Jerry Jones is not giving up GM. There's just no way he he's ever gonna be he's gonna ever do that. You know, I don't even think his son would is you know will give up that title when you know. Jerry moves on or whatever. I just, I just do not, you know, but again, I, I think it's the Cowboys because the thing is too, in the NFC East right now, 
you can see, you know, I know we're going to get into it, but the Giants look better. The Giants are getting better, and Washington getting better. Those two teams, you know, again, who knows what's going to happen with the Eagles at the end of the year, but I'd be a little worried about where the Giants and Washington are headed if you're the Cowboys right now. Because, again, do you want to be third place in that division? I think, you know, the best move would move on from McCarthy. I know I'm not I'm not big into firing a guy after one season, but I, I just don't think they want to play for him. I think they quit on him. And, again, you can turn – you. Starting to see some light, and Aaron Rodgers was correct kind of on, on McCarthy when he kind of threw him under the bus at the end, end of his time and grew back. Yeah, I mean, you see, obviously, see Frank's comment, the NFC East is horrible. Yes, I agree, but the, yeah. but the Redskins, the, the Washington and the Jets are playing better. You got you to give them that. But going back to the Cowboys, yeah, I think the best move probably at this point, I'm not for firing coach after one year, but the best move would probably be to get rid of McCarthy and, and get a guy, get a, either a head coach with personnel control, or get a get a head coach and a general manager, and have and have Jerry and Steven just step away because this because this thing is starting to fall apart. You don't want Dak Prescott to become Tony Romo. You don't want a guy, Tony Romo who yes he had his he did make his mistakes uh, late in games, but Tony Romo was good enough to win a Super Bowl. But a big reason why Romo didn't get, get to an NFC Championship game was because he was in the wrong organization. He was in an organization where he really didn't have that good of an offensive line until the end of his career. The defenses from 2010 to 2013 were, te- were not good at all. So if you're Dak Press, if you, what you have to do if you're the Cowboys, you have a franchise quarterback. You have a top 10 quarterback. You need to support, you need to support that with, with a head coach that is empowered, which Mike McCarthy is not empowered, and talent, talent around him. Because the Cowboys, and Jimmy Johnson said this earlier in the season, they do not have enough talent on the defensive side of the ball, and he's 100% right about that. Yeah, no, he, he is 100% right. You know, I totally agree with everything you're saying. I just – there's just no way I see Jerry or Stephen Jones giving up the GM title, and that and that's the issue. And I know that's been the issue for Dallas Cowboy fans for many years, and it's actually why they have not been back to the Super Bowl in 25 years or whatever. Or even at, no, it is the championship game right in 25 years. That's the reason why it's it's those two. You know, uh, they 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 definitely need to reload talent. They need they definitely need to just scrap everything, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and just start over. You know, again the CD land pickup. Again, he was definitely the best guy on the board. It was definitely a nice addition, but you, you know, you're, you're definitely seeing now they needed a defensive guy desperately, and they're missing that right now. It, it, and again, they, yeah, they just need to scrap this defense and just, I think start over completely right now. Absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, I mean, we we know Jerry and Steven won't give up give give up the GM role, and that's why the Cowboys are going to be what they are. Uh, until 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 they until Jerry stops owning the team. That's why the, the, the Cowboys will just be the Cowboys. And, that, and that, that's what that's what they're going to be. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't ever see him giving out the title. It is a problem if you're a Cowboys fan. I just – I do not see it happening for a while, you know, until Jerry one day completely decides just to give it up. But, I yeah, again, I, I don't see Jerry giving up his title with Dallas. That's the issue. Yeah, so we're going to move on from uh, the Cowboys and talk about two top organizations in the league and two teams that played in the Super Bowl two years ago who play on Thursday night football, and that's the Patriots and the Rams. you got a big Thursday night game between those two teams, T- two teams that are playing well, the Patriots, even though Cam Newton hasn't played that well, because of because of, because of of the coach they have with Bill Belichick, they've won four of their last five. The Rams have played really well this year. They, they bounced back. They're eight and four this season, and a big reason why the Rams have bounced back this year is their offensive line is better, and they've ran the football better. And I think in this game, I think they're going to be able to run the ball pretty well in this game. I don't think Jared Goff has his best game, though. I think he gets confused, confused a little bit. As Hector just 
we'll, we'll go back to Hector's comment there. It says Jerry Jones is uh, too control, and they're absolutely right about it. It's absolutely right. It's it's been the one, really for the Cowboys. It's been the one constant in the last twenty five years. It, 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 they have not made the NFC Championship game in a quarter century. Jerry Jones has been the, the GM for all 25 of those years. So he's the one constant, and that's why they need to make a change there if they want to become a, a championship contender with Dak Prescott. They have a good opportunity because they got a top-10 quarterback in Dak Prescott, but uh, the, the only way they're going to be a championship contender is they get a real GM there to build a team around Dak Prescott. But back to uh, back to the Patriots and the Rams. Yeah, I mean, I think in this game for the, for the Rams, they're going to be able to run the ball well. I think they're going to be able to run the ball with success. Jared Goff, I think, is going to struggle a little bit against, I think Belichick, against Belichick's defense. I think he's going to struggle there. But I do think that that uh, the, the, the the Rams defensively contained the Patriots offense. The Patriots offense, even though even though they've won games, has not, has not been good. Uh, I think the Patriots moved the ball a little bit, but not enough. So in a close, low-scoring game, I got the Rams winning 20-13. to 13. Justin, I got the Rams winning this game. But the question for you is, can Bill Belichick – devise a game plan to shut down the Rams offense like he did two years ago in the Super Bowl. You know, um, I, I think they can. I do, again, I'm picking against them just superstition-wise. I got the Rams taken at 20-17. to 17. But, again, two years ago in that Super Bowl, what did Bill Belichick do? Just blitz the heck out of J Jerry Goff. I know it's a short week, but I think he's going to do the same type of things again. Um, you know, he's been kind of doing that with Phillips this year, kind of moving him around the box. Even lately with – um. Kyle Duggar, but I know he's been limited this week, so we'll see how much he goes Thursday night. Um, Adam Butler's been great since coming back from injury. Um, the last two weeks, I think he's got two sacks. I think he's got like eight quarterback pressures. He's playing really, really well. And again, it's December. So, you know, Bill, I think right now, Bill's got this team playing peak, peak performance right now. And I think he's going to have him ready. Again, Gilmore's been better since coming off the injury. Um, they may have Jackson. But again, you know, I think their defense makes enough plays because as long as they can slow down this running game, which I think they can, I think, you know, if they can cause a turnover or two and help that offense out, I think they definitely can go out west and take out the Rams once again. Yeah, I mean, pressure is going to be the big thing for the Patriots. Just get pressure on Jared Goff and stop that running game. That's what happened in that Super Bowl. That's what the Patriots defense did. As much as as big of a, as much as I respect Tom Brady, the biggest reason why the Patriots won that Super Bowl two years ago against the Rams was because of their defense. They were able to they were able to uh, shut they completely shut down Todd Gurley, and they were able to get pressure on Jared Goff. I mean, that zero. Remember that zero blitz that Belichick called in the fourth quarter and Gilmore at the interception. Yes. I think a lot of blitzing shutting down the run game. That's the best chance for the Patriots to win this game because I, because it's going to be hard for the Patriots to move the ball on this Rams offense. They're going to have to force a turnover or two to get their offense a short field and help them out. Yeah, you're definitely right. You know, um, yeah, you know, they're going to have to blitz. Look, you know, they, you know, knew and struggled to throw the ball against the Chargers defense last week. It's 69 yards total. You know, it, yeah, they're definitely need a turnover. It's going to have to kind of be like, the first half of last year when it seemed like every game they had a pick six or a scoop and score and they always had a special team touchdown or a block, you know, like they, they had two special teams touchdowns on Sunday. It's going to have to be played like that during a win in this game because they're, yeah, their offense is not driving down the field um, against this really good Rams defense. So yeah, you know, they get pressure, they force turnover to two. I definitely think New England can go two and all here on, out on the West coast. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I just think that they just don't have enough offense to beat a defense like the Rams. I mean, the Rams, this defense has got, you know, two, two, probably the two best, they probably have the best defensive tackle in the game. And right now the best corner of the game in Jalen Ramsey and the Patriots 
I mean, not no offense, but they have probably the worst offense, one of one of the worst offenses in football. Even though they're six and six because of the job Bill Belichick has done. Yeah, no, I you know I completely agree. You know, I, right now, our you know David Harris has been great and he's really stepped up because you know at running back is obviously we got we still have no Edelman. Um, they're hoping the end of the year. You know, Jacoby Myers has stepped up. Even Demario Bird had a big game against the Texans. But yeah, you know they don't have enough offensively. But I'm still confident enough Bill finds a way to beat Jared Goff and Sean McVay in this Rams offense. I think they find a way in the short week to do it. We'll see. It'll be it'll be an interesting game on Thursday night. But we got a we got the race in the NFC East. And th- last week the Giants and the uh and Washington really separated themselves with their two upset wins. The Washington over the Steelers, Giants over the Seahawks, and you saw the Cowboys and Eagles lose 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 uh pretty handedly to I mean to, to the Packers and the Steelers. So Washington and the Giants, it's right now it's between those two teams in the NFC East. And I'm looking at the NFC East right now. You look at what the Giants got left. They got they obviously they got Arizona this week, Cleveland in a game that just got flexed to Sunday night football. Uh, Baltimore in a game that'll more than likely get flexed to 425, and they got Dallas at the end of the year. So I'm looking at this Giants schedule, and I think that uh, I think there, there's a good chance. No, seeing the way this defense is playing, there's a very good chance they could wind up winning uh, three of their last four games and ending eight and eight. And looking at Washington's schedule, it is actually easier. Washington's schedule: uh, they go to San Francisco uh, this week. They play. They host Seattle. Then they got Carolina and Philly and Philly on the road. So looking at Washington's schedule, I think they're definitely going to finish minimum. I think they're going to finish seven and nine. Uh, I, 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 it's a very, hard, it's very hard for me to see Washington, even the even the Giants. But it's very hard for me to see Washington winning four straight. It's very hard for me to see the Giants win four straight, and and having one of those teams finish nine and seven. But I think this, it, it's going it, at minimum, you're going to have six and ten is not going to get it done. Six and ten, you're going to miss the playoffs. At minimum, you're going to have to finish a seven and nine to win the division. Yeah, you're definitely right about that. And I, you know, and again, for Washington's sake, they're going to have to win at least eight games because obviously the Giants have the tiebreaker over them. And I think the Giants could definitely win more. I think Giants, again, I could see the Giants finishing 9 7. That schedule's very manageable. Again, I think the Ravens do enough to. Uh, oh, uh, Chase, the Giants. The Giants are going on a four game winning streak right now. Hey, uh, listen, I hope they do. It's just still hard for and, and Hector's right. It's 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 a it's a very favorable schedule. I'll give them that. I mean, definitely playing the Cowboys the last week, the Cardinals who've been struggling this week, and they're both home games, so those very easily can be victories. And then if they could win one of those Baltimore or Cleveland games, and and even and both those games are winnable. I mean, if you could shut down Cleveland's run game, you could if you could shut down Cleveland Baltimore's running game, both those games are very winnable too. I know Cleveland's nine and three, but both those games are very winnable. So I could very easily could see them splitting the Baltimore and the Cleveland games. It's just tough for me to see them winning four straight. It's hard to win eight consecutive games in the NFL if, if for any team. It's very hard to do that. It is, but I, I'm more confident. I really, I'd be, you know, I won't be shocked if the Giants will win a game, but, you know, I'll be surprised that the Giants don't finish 9-7. I, you know, again, I, you know, I think this week, I don't, you know, I, I think this week they beat Arizona. I think they sh- – um, and then it's Cleveland at home. Again, they shut down the running game. James Bradbury and the rest of the secondary has been great. Baker Mayfield definitely have two or three turnovers. Going to help out the offense. Ravens offense, I think you got to shut down the run game with, with your secondary. And then the Cowboys have pretty much quit. You know, I, so, again, I could definitely see you guys losing one of the Ravens or Browns games. But, I, uh, again, I, I see this team finishing 9-7. And I know 
you were texting me the Monday night game at Tampa Bay, and you're ready. You're ready for uh, Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields at quarterback. Oh yeah, I know, I know. I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit that that one. I'll admit that one. Yes. And and and, uh, and and Frank just posted. I will be shocked if the Giants win four in a row, and I I actually will be surprised too. It's just again, just like I said, it's hard to win eight straight games in in, in this league. Yeah. I'll be shocked if either of these teams, Washington or the Giants, win four in a row. I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll be shocked. If that happens, it, because because if you look at Washington now, they lost uh, Antonio Gibson. They, they, Antonio Gibson might not play this week too, so that's a tough game with the 49ers. That's a tough game with Seattle. So I don't see Washington beating uh, both San Francisco and Seattle. I think they could very easily there, but I do think Washington's definitely going to beat uh, the Eagles and the Panthers. I think the, I think those are a given. The way those teams yeah. are playing right now. Yeah, definitely. You know, I I, I think they they will, and I and again I think you know. To watch and say that they want to take this division, they're going to have to win all four of those games. I, I really do believe they have any chance. I, you know, I believe here the Giants won the table. They've, they've been, you know, again, this team just gets better and better last week. You know, Andrew Thomas was great last Sunday. He was great. Absolutely phenomenal. He was one of the highest graded rookies, according to Pro Football Focus. Yeah. You know, again, it just shows he made the right move, um, changing offensive uh, line coaches. Again, you just see this. The Absolutely. Time, you know, they don't, especially, you know, again, I know they have no Daniel Jones, but look at Wayne, you know, Wayne Gallman's been great, you know, since the Barkley injury. Um, even like Alfred Morris, like I thought he was gone, you know, a few weeks ago. I I never knew the Giants signed him. It's been, you know, again, they're just, it just kind of feels like it's like, a, like them and the Patriots right now. It's like they don't have a ton of talent but they're finding ways to win and they're getting better every week. And, you know, again, Ron Rivera is a great tool too. And you can see Washington's getting better to go to be down 14 points to Pittsburgh at halftime. I thought they were going to get ran out of there, but they're the first team ever to, you know, beat, uh, beat an 11 0 team down by 14 points or more going to halftime or, you know, in the second half. So both teams are getting better, but I, I think the giants are the better team. And again, that, that, those, Obviously, the two big ones now against Washington are huge and critical, and it, it, you know it, that it definitely put the Giants over the uh, over Washington right now in that division. Without question, yeah, 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 without without question, it's it's it's, it's going to be an interesting race. But we got to the Giants game this week, and they got a big game with the Cardinals. And not only is this a game for the division, potentially, who would have ever thought this a couple of weeks ago? The Giants could, or or, the, or Washington could potentially get. One of those could potentially get that seventh wild, that last wild card spot, that number seven seed. So that's why this is a humongous game in the NFC. And I think in this game, I, as a Giants fan, I really like the Giants in this game. I think they're going to be able to continue that run game. Continue that run game. Arizona does not stop the run well. They're twenty second in the league stopping the run. Uh, I think that uh, they're going to be, the Giants will be able to ride the Wayne train, run the ball with with uh, Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris. I, I, Daniel Jones will be back, so maybe a couple. You know, they'll they'll have a couple design runs, uh, some zone read for him too. And I think on defense, if the Giants can confuse Russell Wilson, who's a nine year veteran in this league, they very easily can confuse Kyler Murray. I don't think they'll put as much pressure on Kyler Murray because uh, because because of his running ability, they might have, they're going to have to have a spy to to to, to they're going to have a spy uh, on him. And uh, I don't think they put as much pressure on him, but I do think they can they confuse Kyler Murray and force a turnover here and there uh, for Kyler Murray. I think that Bradbury does a good job with DeAndre Hopkins. I think they limit DeAndre Hopkins in this game. And you got two teams going opposite directions. The Giants are going up. The Cardinals are going down. And I got the Giants winning this game 27-17 over the Cardinals. But here's my question, Justin. 
We know Kyler Murray played well last week in the game against in, in the second half against the Rams. Can he continue that? And is that going to be enough for the Cardinals to snap their three-game losing streak? You know, I don't think so. I get the Giants taking another one and going 6-7, 23-17 at home. Murray did look a little bit better in the second half. I still don't think he's 100% out, you know, right now with the shoulder. I still think that's, you know, that's still bothering him a bit. And I think, you know, if Giants can get pressure on him early and really, you know, test that shoulder out, it could be it'll definitely be their advantage. I think they get enough pressure on him, you know, when, you know, that defensive line was all over Russell Wilson last week. Um, they did a great job. And Arizona's offensive line, it, it's not really – it's not great either. You know, Giants should be able to get a, a lot of pressure on them. Your secondary has been good. I think, you know, Bradbury, Logan Ryan, and, and, you know, the rest of the guys, I think they slow down Hopkins and the rest of the weapons that the Cardinals have. And I think they make it difficult on them. Um, I, you know, I, I like the Giants in this game. Defensively, I think they make enough plays. I think they turn Murray over once or twice. And I'm going to go with the Giants 23-17. Yeah, I think the formula of getting pressure on the quarterback and running the football is going to work again this week. I think, you know, this is a game where Arizona's got to fly out to New Jersey, fly out to New York, New Jersey. Uh, the Giants, I think they're, they're obviously their run game. It's going to they're, they're going to control the game on the ground. And I think that formula is going to work this week. And it's and it's going to get the and it's going to uh, get the Giants to their straight win. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to get them to their fifth straight win. Justin, are you, are you there? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm here. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So we'll go. We'll go now to the uh, other uh, NFC, uh, the other NFC East team that's battling to win the division, and that's Washington as they face the uh, 49ers uh, uh, in Glendale, Arizona, this week. So funny, the Giants play the Cardinals, and the and Washington goes to Arizona to play the 49ers. So this should this should be an interesting game. I got the 49ers winning it though, 20 to 17. Here's why. I think the Redskins, their one weakness is their run defense. I think uh, with Raheem Mostert, they're going to have trouble running the football. I think – I know with Raheem Mostert, they're going to be able they're going to be able to run the football. I think uh, they're going to be able to control the clock. And I think the biggest loss in this game is going to be is, is uh, Antonio Gibson. I think Antonio Gibson is – the Redskins are going to have trouble running the football. I think Wash, uh, Alex Smith's going to have a little bit of trouble with the 49ers defense. I know the Niners defense struggled against the – Against against uh, Josh Allen, but I think they rebound this week against uh, Alex Smith, and I think in a close competitive game, I got the 49ers winning it by a field goal. Justin, I got the Niners winning, but the question is, can Washington take their momentum from Monday night and carry it to their fourth straight win against the Niners? I think they can. Yeah, you know, I'm going to take Washington to get another win, 23 to 20. Um, you know, de- you know, I de- I'm definitely worried about coming off such a big one at Pittsburgh and, and again, um, bouncing back, having a letdown spot here. But I love Ron Rivera as a coach, and I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I know you touched on it. The Niners' secondary looked awful versus Buffalo. Josh Allen had a career day against them. Um, and I think, you know, Terry McLaurin and Chris Sim- and even Chris Simpson stepped up last week for the Washington. I think he may- makes enough plays, helps out Alex Smith and, and Washington. And they go on the road, and I think they get pressure on Nick Mullins, you know, and I think they force Mullins to throw a turnover too. Um, you know, they hold the they hold Pittsburgh to 15 rushing yards last week. I think they can slow down the Niners' um, rushing attack this week. Um, and it's such a weird thing for the Niners to kind of be at, you know, play a home game when it's in Arizona. I just, you know, I worry about kind of where the Niners are at the moment. I know they, they you know, 
they have a very slim chance of the playoffs, but you know, I, I'm going to take the team right now. That's coming off a nice win. Again, just seems like they have a lot of momentum right now and I'll take Washington. Yeah. And obviously my pick of the Niners is I'm a Giants fan. And I want Washington to lose obviously, but you know, I'm, I, I think Washington very easily can win this game. I think this is a 50, 50 game, which I, I, which either team could win, but we got to go to another huge matchup in the NFC and we got a, Big matchup in Tampa as the Vikings head down to Tampa. The six and six Vikings head down to Tampa to face the struggling seven and five Buccaneers. But I think this is the game where the Buccaneers get get it right. I think I think I got the Buccaneers winning thirty one twenty. I think they're going to be able to run the ball with Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. I think Brady's going to have a couple touchdown passes. I do think Minnesota moves the ball, but the biggest thing the Buccaneers do, and the and the biggest thing the then the best thing the like the Vikings do on offense is they're able to run the ball. I think that. The Vikings are able to, the Bucs are able to stop the Vikings run game, which is going to force a couple turnovers from Kirk Cousins. And I got the Buccaneers winning this game by two scores. Justin, I got the Bucs winning, but we all know Justin Jefferson should be the offensive rookie of the year. And with him, Cook, and Cousins, the Vikings got a pretty good offense. Is that going to be enough to keep up with Tom Brady and pull the upset? You know, I, I think it will for a little bit. You know, as we know, the Tampa Tampa Bay is so good at stopping the run that I, I think, you know, especially if Tampa gets a touchdown or two lead, it's going to really take out um, their ability to run the football. I do have Tampa winning this one 31-24. Again, I could, you know, easily see that Minnesota getting like a backdoor here with a late touchdown or something. Um, I, you know, I think Cousins is going to be able to make some plays to drop for Jeff, Justin Jefferson because Tampa's secondary – is really weak and they're not great back there. So I think, you know, they'll be able to score some points, but the thing is, I think they're able to take out Dalvin cook for most of the game. And as we know, when cousin has to drop back and throw the ball, you know, 35, 40, 45 times, that's when the Vikings struggle. They're not great. Um, they like to bounce, bounce, you know, be able to run their offense off of the running game. And I think they're going to have a tough time doing that. And I'm going to take Tampa coming off the bye as well, 31-24. Got a huge AFC matchup as Patrick Mahomes Chiefs head down to Miami to face Frank's Miami Dolphins, who are red hot. They've won seven of eight. But in this game, I never bet against KC. That's the way I pick. So I got the Chiefs winning it 27-20, and here's why. I do think that they're going to be able to have a little bit of success running the football with Edward Solaire and Le'Veon Bell. I think Mahomes is going to have a little bit of trouble with that Dolphins defense. They're going to get some pressure on him, but I think he's going to make enough plays to get into the get close to 30 points. I, I got the Chiefs scoring 27 points. And, and, for, and for the Dolphins, I feel like that uh, Chris Jones is going to be able to get – and Frank says Miami Miami has a good chance. And they do have – I'll give them that. They do, have, they do have a good chance. Flores has done a great job down there, and their defense has played well. I'll, I'll give you that, Frank. But I do think on on, on offense, I th- feel like uh, I feel like Miami has had some trouble running the football, and they're going to struggle a little bit in this game. I do think Chris Jones is going to be a big factor in this game, in, uh, stopping the run and getting pressure on Tua. I do think my Tua will move the ball though, get the ball to Devontae Parker and Mike Gesicki. But in a close game, I got the Chiefs going to twelve and one, winning by a touchdown. Justin, I got the Chiefs winning, but here's the question: the can the Dolphins defense contain Patrick Mahomes? and hand the Chiefs their second loss of the season. I think their defense can hang in there. I do have the Chiefs winning, though, 28-21. This is the, you know, the thing is, obviously you're not shutting down Patrick Mahomes. And you need, you know, I just don't think this offense has enough explosiveness to be able um, 
to score enough points to keep up with the Chiefs. I think, you know, their defense keeps it close. But, you know, the way you kind of beat the Chiefs, you're going to have to be able to keep up with them. I don't think they have the offense to be able to do that right now. Again, Tua makes good decisions. I don't, you know, if he doesn't turn over, they have a chance. But, you know, I think if there's could somehow run the ball and keep the way of, keep it away, you know, keep keep the ball away from Patrick Mahomes, they have a good chance. But then I, you know, I liked what you said about Chris Jones. I think he's gonna have a big day up front, and I think he's gonna make sure that they don't have tons of success doing that. Um, but the Dolphins on defense, if they can, you know, try to, you know, obviously they can kind of hit it to third and medium, third and long. They've been good on third down, only allowing opponents to convert 32% of the time. They could kind of slow them down a bit. Their defense is good enough, but I just, you know, I think it's more on the offensive side. I don't think they have enough points just because that's how you have to beat the Chiefs. You're not really going to shut them down. You, you have to be able to keep up and slow them down just enough so your offense can score enough. And I don't think the Dolphins have enough there offensively yet to be able to do that. I'll give this to Frank. He just commented, if the Dolphins keep it close, they can win. Here, here's the thing. If the Dolphins either have the ball late in the game or they have a lead with their defense late in the game, I am confident that they could do do one of those two one of the could do could do one of those two things. I think they could either stop KC trying to win the game, or if two has the ball in his hands, I think he could win the game. Uh he could he could win the game with the ball in his hands. Because Drew is lot two is better than Drew Locke. He won't throw a pick at the end of the game. He hasn't thrown a pick all year. So if, so yeah, if it's close with the Dolphins winning and having to make a stop or them losing by a little bit and them having to score. I think the Dolphins definitely have a chance. I just think that Kansas City, they, they don't match up great with Kansas City because they don't run the ball well, and their offensive line isn't that good. And Chris Jones could be a force in the games. So I like what Miami's doing with Brian Flores. I think he's done a great job there. But I just don't think they're they're there quite yet. That's why I got the Chiefs winning the game 27-20. Yeah, I'm right there with you. You know, maybe even next year when they add a couple more pieces on the offensive line, they add, you know – they can get a running game going. If they can get another big receiver with Parker, then I definitely think, you know, I would like their chances a lot more, you know, ne- next time they play, you know, maybe next year or whatever. But, yeah, for this year, I, ju- I just don't think they're able to have enough. Again, you know, I, I definitely could see the Dolphins coming up with a late game stop if they need one. Even though, again, it's so tough to stop Mahomes, I could see him doing something like that. Um, but I, I just – I could definitely see it. If they keep it close, they have, you know, they could definitely win this game, but I don't know. I I just don't, you know, I just don't see it this time around. Again, maybe with the Miami Heat too. You know, we saw Cincy last week cramp up a lot. It, you know. Here's um, a good, 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 good uh, comment from Frank. As long as they don't get anyone ejected, it'll be a good game. Yeah, last yeah. week was last week was out of control yeah, with the ejections. Yeah, you had, you had, uh, you had Xavier and Howard going at it with Tyler Boyd. Yeah, you, you obviously had that thing with the punt return. You had a couple guys get ejected from the Dolphins and the Bengals. So yeah, it's, they cannot, they can't get anyone ejected in this game and think they're going to win this game against the Chiefs. They're not playing the Bengals. They're playing the Chiefs this week, so no yeah. way can they get anybody ejected in this game and expect to win the game. Yeah, yeah, definitely right. They'll, they'll definitely be in trouble. So you lose a guy like Xavier Howard again. They, they definitely will be in trouble. All right, we've got an interconference matchup in Chicago. And the only reason we're even talking about the Bears is because of the seventh playoff spot and it, this last playoff spot, the number seven seed, and it's in play for the Chicago Bears as they host the Houston Texans this week. And I got the Texans winning this game 27-24 just because – and Frank just commented again. Last week was crazy. The benches cleared. 
it looked like a baseball game when a pitcher hits a batter. It sure did. It was it was crazy. That fight was crazy last week. But we'll, back to uh, the Texans and the Bears. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I think the better quarterback wins this game for the uh, for, uh, for the, uh, the Texans have the better quarterback against the Bears. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I think he plays well. I think Mitchell Trubisky plays well again, but he'll have a turnover or two. And I don't think it's going to be enough. I got the Texans winning this game close. But my question is, Justin, can, Tr- can Trubisky play well for the second week in a row against a bad Texans defense and snap the Bears' six-game losing streak? Yeah, there's a chance with Texans defense. But I got I got Houston going on the road and getting, getting the win 24-21. Um, again, Texans defense second half, they only gave up that safety. I really like the way they played in the second half. They got a goal line stand, you know, um, I, I like the way they played in the second half. The defense looked a lot better. Again, they should have probably beat Indy last week if it wasn't for a bad snap. Um, you know, and the Bears just self-destructed last week against the Lions. It looked like they had that game in wraps, but, again, couldn't close it out. Um, and, and then for, you know, the Bears as well, I don't know if you've seen this, Eve. They have seven points this year in the third quarter. Seven. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. That's adjustments. That's coaching adjustments. That, that shows they're not doing any of that, and you can see that on the and, field. And that's why Matt Nagy needs to be fired. I mean, you just you can't have that happen. No coaching adjustments. It's just another failed Chicago Bears coach. I mean, it, after Lovey Smith, they fire Lovey Smith after he wins 10 games, and they hire Mark Tressman. He's gone after two years. John Fox, decent career, but he's gone after three years. And now it looks like Matt Nagy is going to be gone after three years. Yep. You know, it looks like a promise to start with the 11-win season, but it's gone downhill from there. Um, and, and I'm going to take Texans. I think they, they do enough. I think their offense does enough. I like the way they played last week. Should have won, but um, I'll take Texans, go on the road, get the win. We got an interconference matchup in Cincinnati between the Cowboys and Bengals. Andy Dalton returns to Cincinnati, and I'm going to take the Cowboys. We've talked about them enough on this, show, on this show today. I'll take the Cowboys just because I'll take Andy Dalton over Brendan Allen. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I got Dallas nineteen seventeen. I think they'll pull it. They'll find a way to pull it out against the um, bad bad Bengals team. We got another interconference matchup down in Carolina as the Broncos head down to Carolina to face the Panthers. And I got the Panthers winning because they got Christian McCaffrey back. Justin, who you got? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bucks. I mean, the Panthers 27-20. McCaffrey's back. Early kick for Broncos coming out the tough Sunday night loss. We got an AFC South matchup down in Jacksonville as the 8-4 and four Titans head down to Jacksonville to face the 1-11 Jags. And in this game, I think I think Tennessee bounces back this week. I think Derrick Henry is a big game on the ground. I think Ryan Tannehill has a good day through the air. And I think that the Titans defense plays better this week. I think they force a turnover, too, from uh, Mike Lennon. And I got the Titans winning 31-17 over the Jags. Justin, but Justin, the Jags were competitive the first time. You remember back in week two, that game was 33-30. They were competitive the first time against the Titans. And they've been competitive the last couple weeks. Can they continue to, to can they continue this and pull the upset this week over the Titans? I think they do keep it close. I think there's definitely a good chance. I definitely have a good chance. I think I you know I think Tennessee pulls it out thirty to twenty seven. But again, you know Jacksonville last time in week two, week two as well was down thirty to seventeen in the fourth quarter. They came or yeah thirty to seventeen. They came back. were able to tie it up. And then Tennessee kicked a field goal. They go over a minute left to knock them off. So I think, you know, we saw last week, Tennessee made Baker Mayfield look like an MVP candidate. As long as Mike Glennon holds on the ball, he's going to make some plays. James Robinson and I 
went over for 100 yards the last time they played him. I think he has a big day. If they can keep the ball out of Ryan Tannehill's hands and get a lead and take, as we've seen, they don't, you know, if they're down, they don't really use Derrick Henry a ton because they can't really use him in the passing game. They have a really good chance, I think, to win this game. They've been competitive. You know, they, they had their opportunity to beat Minnesota last week. I think they keep it close, but I think Tennessee does find a way to pull it off, pull pull the, pull it out again against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got an NFC matchup in Philadelphia as the Saints head up to Philly to face the Eagles. I think the obvious thing is we know who's going to win the game, the Saints. But the big question is, is are the Eagles doing the right thing right now, benching Carson Wentz and starting a Jalen Hurts? Here's, here's my opinion on the situation. The Eagles right now, yes, their record is terrible, but they still have a legitimate – they still have a shot, not, not a, a very slim shot to win the division. And I think what the Eagles need is a spark. And Carson Wentz just wasn't providing a spark for the Eagles. It just looked broken. It felt like they couldn't protect him. He was taking too many sacks. He was turning the ball over. It just looked broken. And, and I think they, I think Jalen Hurts – Doug Peterson made this move. And anybody who wants – and I would love to hear the comments. Anybody who wants to comment – uh, feel free to kind of give your opinion on this situation, on this, on this Wentz uh, uh, Jalen Hurts situation. But I, I think that you know Jay, the, the, the Eagles needed a spark. I, they're playing a this is, this is I think they're this is a this is a really tough time to put Jalen Hurts in because he's facing a really good defense. If you want to <laughs> you want to uh, get his confidence up, this is not the team to get his confidence up against. The Saints defense has been outstanding over the last month of the season. So yeah, I think this is going to be a game where uh, it's going to be a game where obviously the Eagles struggle. Obviously, they'll lose, but I think you know I think they had to make this move just because of you know the way they've been playing and the way their offense has been. Their offense has been, not been playing well at all, and I think they needed to make this move. And and you got Hector commenting. Yes, they are. Let's see what Jalen Hurts has, and that's a good comment, Hector. I think the Eagles need to see what he has because you know with Carson Wentz right now, it's going to be very difficult for the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz, seeing his cap. It's fifty nine. They they what well, they'll they'll uh, they'll owe fifty nine million in dead money if they get rid of Carson Wentz. If they get rid of Carson Wentz, so that would go against their cap hit next year if they get rid of Wentz. So you really feel like Wentz is probably not going anywhere. But say Hurts, you know, plays really well. They win, you know, two or three games. It could definitely it's definitely going to start a controversy quarterback controversy in Philadelphia. Yeah, it definitely will. Um, again, I, I you know. You know, I like I like the move because yes, see what you got. You know, I know it's a very slim chance, but come on. You know, we we talked about it already. The Giants and, and Washington have played a lot better. One of those three teams are one of the division. The Eagles are pretty much dead dead in the water right now for that division. So yeah, I, I think it's time to see what you got and provide a spark. You know, and I, and again, I hope they get back to some creativity. You know, and I hope the first game, first play of the game, they go to some. You know, they, they come up with something creative for for Jalen Hurts and try to get him going a bit. But I, I know I do like the move. You know, the touchdown drive he had last year in Green Bay, he looked good again. I, I know what the score was, but again, I, you know, I like the way he played. You know, we all know Jalen Hurts went through a lot having to go to, you know, again, lost his job to Tua and then, you know, got, got it back and then, you know. Yeah. Frank just said, "I have I've not seen the Eagles much, but if you if your quarterback is taking a lot of sacks, one of two things: your O line sucks, or your QB holds onto the ball too long. To Jalen in at, at this game might not might not be the might not be the best move. Yeah, I mean, 
that's that's the thing. To put to put him in this game might not be the best move because of you know how bad the Eagles' offensive line is, and you know, and 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 you know, he, this could definitely you know hurt uh, Jalen Hurts' confidence. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. Because I think it's seven or eight straight games where Carson Wentz been sacked six or more times, and I and again, some of it's on Carson Wentz, and then some of it's definitely on the offensive line. So I, you know, I put on bullets. So yeah, this definitely could be a game where Jalen Hurts could get hit five or six times and yes, wreck his confidence. But again, he's a, you know, again, we've seen him. He's been a leader. He's been a guy that's kind of been through it. So I think he's a guy that, you know, can take his hits and he's a guy that's going to go back on the field Monday and try to get better. And he's going to try to, you know, outperform you. So, you know, I feel like, you know, again, this is going to be a good learning experience for Hurts. It's going to be the same thing what we saw Tua against the Rams in his first start, it, you know, um, in that one well one. But, again, I, I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts. Again, we'll see what he's got. It's going to be tough. But, again, I, I do like the Eagles. I do like what the Eagles are doing here. Again, you don't know, you know, what you have until you've seen him play. So, just, you know, again, throw him out there. I know they, they wasted a second-round pick on him, too. He does, you know, Jace brought up. And Jace said, yeah, Jalen Hurts has mobility. He has the ability to break a sack that Wentz can't. Yes. And and I think, you know, Frank came up with this thing, you know, it's one or two things. The O-line sucks or the, uh, or your QB holds onto the ball too long. And I think that, uh, I think it's a combination of both. Yes. The Eagles offensive line has been decimated. Brandon Brooks out for the season. Uh, Lane Johnson's out, is out for the year now too. So their, their offensive line has been decimated, but also, I think it's another thing because I've seen a good amount of Eagles games this year, and I think it's, it's a combination of both. Uh, the O line isn't good, and Carson Wentz holds onto the ball way too long, and he takes way too many sacks, and then that that's became a huge problem problem with the Eagles right now. And and, and going to Jace's comment, uh, Hertz has the mobility that, that to break a sack like Wentz can't, and that's and and that's a really good point. I think that and you know New Orleans has a pretty good pass rush with Cameron Jordan. And, uh, and, uh, and 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 uh, and Ted Hendricks too. So they have a good pass rush too. They're one of the they, they lead the league and they, they're one of the they're top five in the league in sacks. So I think this could potentially be a good move. Frank does have a point that Jalen might struggle because of this defense, but because of the way he's able to avoid sacks. To Jay's point, this might end up being a good move. Yeah, definitely. I because um, but Jason Jason's point. Yeah, he you know he he's very mobile. And again, I think he throws a pretty good ball too when he's on the run. So, you know, it, so again, that, that definitely can help. But yeah, you know, you play the Saints defense, it, it, you know, he could definitely get sacked six, seven times a game. Again, you know, um, because there's been, you know, he's had streaks in college where, um, he, you know, he'll, he'll make a turnover or two kind of right in a row and he'll make a couple bad, bad decisions. And, it, you know, usually he was able to kind of fix it, get back. And, and again, the next year was, was really good. But, um, again, that, that is a worry if he gets hit, you know, three, four times again, does he start rushing, you know, again, does he start leaving the pocket too early again, all those questions come in, but, um, again, I, I'm on the move. I'm on the side of, it's a good move for the Eagles here to, you know, give them the chance here in a year that you don't really have much, much else to lose right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is another, this is kind of an obvious question, Justin, and I think you know I did pick the Seahawks to go to the to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC before the season started, but it doesn't look great right now. Uh, and we know that you picked the Saints and Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl. Are the Saints right now the best team in the NFC? I think 
I hate to say it because I picked the Seahawks to be the best team in the NFC before the season, but I, I got to say yes right now. Yeah, I got to agree with you. You know, I, I, you know, again, I know before that Puck Sunday night game, it really was not looking great for the Saints. It was really, you know, not great performance, but since then they've been really well without Breeze. Um, again, because I, I think the real reason for me is that right now the best team in the NFC, NFC is they're just – so much inconsistency from the rest of the pack. We saw it from Seattle last week. We've seen it from Tampa Bay. We've seen it when Green Bay. You know, the, the rest of the teams, we've seen all these inconsist- inconsistencies, even with the Rams. And right now, the, the Saints look like they're playing the best football right now in the NFC. And that's why, um, you know, I, I got to go with the Saints right now. Even without Drew Brees, they've been doing enough. Again, you know, their offense has been doing enough. Their defense has been really, really good. And I'll take the Saints. Yeah, and Frank just commented. Take a look at Tannehill when he was with the Dolphins. He was he was out in the wrong. He was out at the wrong time, and his confidence was horrible. And it showed. He was traded, and he blossomed into a good into a good productive QB. That could that could be the case with Carson Wentz. And then we'll go back. To, I know we're we're kind of we're kind of bouncing around, but that could be the case with Carson Wentz. There, that's a really good point, Frank. And I think mm-hmm. you could relate that to Carson Wentz because you know he right now is not in a good situation in Philadelphia. But say he gets traded to an Indianapolis. With Frank Wright, his offensive coordinator that he was with when they won the Super Bowl in 2017, things could change. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, yeah, we see, you know, Tannehill's been great. We all thought Tannehill was, you know, he was, in, he was backed up to Mariota to be in last year. You know, I kind of thought he was, you know, just benched, you know, he was benched, yeah, or second string. And again, we've seen him confidence wise. And again, it's, it's, he's been really productive, Tennessee. And look at it, you know. They're in the hunt right now. They got the AFC Championship game last year. They're right back. They have another shot last year. He, or they have another shot this year. You know, he's he's been good. It definitely could help Carson once, especially as you mentioned, Indianapolis, where he's you know his former OC definitely could spark his confidence and really help him out. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to another NFC matchup. We got we got an NFC matchup. NFC North matchup in Detroit as the Packers travel to Detroit to face the Lions. And I know the Lions won last week, but I still don't think they're a very good team. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big day through the air. Uh, Aaron Jones has a big day on the ground. I got him winning 34-20. And I think the Lions without Galladay, I think Stafford will move the ball, but not enough. And I got the Packers winning it by two scores. But here's the question, Justin. With Patricia gone, Stafford uh, played well last week. Can he outdo Rodgers this week and keep the Lions' slim playoff hopes alive? Yeah, um, I think the I think the Lions keep it close. I think they do lose a 30, 34 to twenty eight. I do think they get like a late score, late a late yeah late score, late make it kind of um, respectable game. But I think you know he, he could play well in this game. But the problem is, I just uh, I don't know if his offense is. They're not going to be able to keep up. I think, you know, we saw a lot, you know, they put 42, I believe, in week two or whatever it was when they put the line the first time. Um, I just don't think his defense would be, be able to make enough stops for him. Um, again, you know, if Swift is back, we've seen Swift been playing better. You know, if he can come back, again, we've seen the, the Packers aren't great at the top of the run. They're, they're okay, but I could see, you know, but the problem is, if they do, you know, again, if they fall behind, it's kind of tough to run the football, though, um, against anybody. But it seemed, I could see definitely Stafford making some plays in this game, keeping it close. But I don't see him out doing Rodgers. 
you know, and last year the you know Detroit beat them once, I believe. And then, no, they would no, no. They they were close oh, yeah, to beating them last year. They were yeah, close. They, no, they were close to beating yeah. them twice last year. Because you remember they had that terrible call in that game last year, or that awful call that, that, in that in that game. And then they were close in the last game of the season. And that's how the Packers got a. That's how the Packers got a bye. Is they were the Packers were down the whole game. Rodgers drove them back, won the game twenty three twenty. So they were close to beating them twice last year. Yeah. So you know, I, I definitely could see that something like that happen again. Um, but I just think the Packers just have too much talent for the Lions to be able to knock them off. They're seeing the Lions being able to knock off the Packers. We got an interconference matchup in L.A. as the Falcons travel to L.A. To, to face the Chargers. And I'm going with the Falcons because the Chargers can't beat any teams with more than two wins. Justin, who, who do you got? Yeah, I got the, the two the two biggest chokers in the NFL right now, but I'll take Atlanta 28-27. We got a big game in uh, in in Vegas this week as the Colts travel to Vegas to face the Raiders. And I got the Colts winning 28-20, and here's why. I think the Colts are going to control this game. They're going to control it on the ground. I think they're going to be able to, they're going to be able to get over 100 rushing yards against this Raiders run defense, which really struggled last week against the Jets, and Frank Gore got hurt, so that's not good. I think that the Raiders, too, they think that the Colts' defense also, too, will force a turnover from Derek Carr. I think Josh Jacobs being out again is going to hurt the Raiders. And I got the Colts winning this by a score. But here's the question, Justin. The Raiders got luck. We know how lucky the Raiders got last week. I mean, running a zero blitz late in the game, the last thing you should do. I mean, they they were they were gifted a win by the Jets. We know they got lucky last week. Can they get back to looking like a playoff team? Because they clearly have in the last two weeks. I think they can. You know, I think it it's tough to go back to back East Coast, right? Because I think, you know, because they couldn't say oh in the East Coast. They had to go back to Vegas last week. Um, so I, I do think they come home Play better again. The Colts haven't looked great either. You know, defensively, Titans put up 45 on them. They should have lost the Texans last week. Um, and then even the Packers, I feel like they beat the Packers, but I felt like the Packers beat themselves more than the Colts beat them. So um, I think Derek Carr comes home, manages the game well enough. I think they can get a lead in this game. I think they, you know, control time, you know, um, they control the clock in this game. I feel like, you know, we all know Gruden, Gruden's great that first drive of the game of scripting up plays, and it's kind of what after that. But I see him coming out, start the game with the lead, be able to throw the clock. You know, I think they force Rivers to make a mistake or two. And I'll take Vegas to bounce back and get the win. We got an interconference matchup out in Seattle as the winless Jets face the Seahawks. This is the Seahawks get right week. I think they win it big, 34-6. Justin. You you probably got the same. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, thirty four thirteen. Bad week to bad week to be the Jets going out to Seattle. We got the Sunday night game between the eleven and one Steelers and the uh, and the nine and three Bills. Before that, we got a promo from our resident Steelers fan, Robert Benjamin. Hey, it's Rob Benjamin from the I'll Pitch You Off Shortly podcast, live every Monday night at nine p.m. Man, my Steelers just came off of a tough loss against the Washington football team, and it's their first loss of the record for this season. I don't know. We got to go into Buffalo and take them on the bill Sunday night in the CMG Sports Game of the Week. My question to you guys is, you guys think that the Steelers can bounce back and get the win Sunday night? Hey, you know I do. Here we go, Steelers. Here we go. And yes, Rob, I do think the Steelers bounce back and get the win Sunday night. I think they get the win 21-17, and here's my reason why. I think I think with them getting James Conner back, I think they're going to be able to get 
a, not a great running game, but a decent running game and a better running game in the Bills. And I do think the, Steel, the Steelers' defense will get pressure on Josh Allen, and I think the Bills are going are to struggle to run the ball against the Steelers' defense. And I think this is going to be a close, low-scoring game. And I'm going with the better defense in the CMG game of the week. And I got the Steelers winning it close. But here's, here's my question, Justin. We know the weather in Buffalo is going to be awful on Sunday night, uh, which is really going to affect the passing game. Can Josh Allen do enough to carry the Bills to their third straight win? I don't think so. And I got the Steelers in the CMG sports game of the week at 24 to 20. We saw last year that Sunday night game where um, Allen threw four interceptions. I know, you know, um, he looked awful. I know the Buffalo won the game, but I um, think they forced like four or five turnovers from the Steelers and they won that game late. So I looked awful last year into Pittsburgh. I do worry without Bud Dupree, he's out for the year as well. It is a little bit, obviously it's a concern, but I don't think, you know, you mentioned they don't, the Bills don't have much of a running game. Um, this is a much, you know, different defense. The you know, Niners defense is good when they have all their pieces healthy, but they don't have that right now. And now that the Steelers are coming off a loss on Monday night to the Washington, I think you get a really angry Pittsburgh defense that, that's going to be ready to strike. And I think it could be a long night for Josh Allen. I, I think he could really have some struggles. As Frank comments, I hate the Steelers as a Dolphins fan, but let's go Steelers. And that makes sense because the Dolphins are one game behind the Bills. And the Bills do have the tiebreaker because they beat the Dolphins earlier in the season. So, yeah, Frank's definitely, Frank is definitely a Steelers fan on Sunday night to beat the Bills. And hopefully, hopefully for him, his Dolphins win and they draw even in the AFC East. But we got the Monday night game. Uh, we got an AFC North matchup, a rematch of uh, a game one, which the Ravens won big between the Browns and the Ravens. And I think it's a different story this time. I got the Browns winning 27-20, and here's why. I think the Browns are going to be able to control this game on the ground. I think in week one, the Browns didn't find their identity yet. Kevin Stefanski found the Browns' identity in week two. I think that the Browns find their uh, the Browns have a really good game on the ground with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like I say every week. I think Baker Mayfield, who's been playing really well without Odell Beckham. And let's just let's just be honest. The Browns are a better team without Odell Beckham. Look at Baker Mayfield's numbers. Ever since Odell Beckham tore his ACL in that first play against Cincinnati, the Browns are – Baker Mayfield has 11 touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the Browns are 5-1. and one. They're a better team without OBJ, and I think Mayfield threw a couple of touchdown passes in this game. I think that Cleveland's defense, who did a really good job with Derrick Henry last week, they contained him. I think they contained the Ravens' run game too, which is going to force Lamar to throw the ball from behind. And when Lamar gets down by two scores, you can pretty much turn the game off because the Ravens are going to lose. So I got the Browns winning this game by a, by a touchdown. But, Justin, here's my question. Can the Ravens' defense contain the Browns' running game, and can Lamar do enough on offense to give the Ravens a sweep of the Browns? I think they will. I get the Ravens going on the road, winning this one 23-16. Again, you know, I know this back in week one and when the Browns played the Steelers a few weeks ago, they're, they've been outscored 76-13 to 13 by those two teams this year. Until the Browns kind of show me that they can beat the Ravens or the Steelers in a game that's actually meaningful, not like a week 17 where it really, you know, um, I'm going to take the Ravens to do enough. I know short week for the Ravens, uh, it, well, six days. So, it, you know, somewhat of a short week. I think they do enough on the running game. I think the Ravens slow it down enough. And, again, I think they make uh, Mayfield make a mistake or two. He definitely is playing better without OBJ. Um, he is. But 
I think, you know, the Ravens even makes him throw a mistake or two. I think the Ravens are able to capitalize on that. And I think, you know, I think the Ravens do go on the road and beat Cleveland on Monday night, 23-16. All righty. So we're going we're gonna to shift over to college football. And last night, obviously, was another, another uh, edition of the top 25. Obviously, the top, the top six we knew were pretty obvious with Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State, Texas A&M, and Florida. But the big question was number seven. And I think this is just complete disrespect to Cincinnati. I don't get at all how Iowa State should be ahead of Cincinnati. Iowa State has two losses. To Louisiana and Oklahoma State. Those aren't those are good teams. They're top 25 teams, but they're not great teams. Cincinnati is undefeated. I don't get that at all. I don't get why Cincinnati being undefeated. I can understand why they're below, you know, maybe AM and, and, and Florida, seeing who who both those teams lost to. But Cincinnati should absolutely, absolutely be ahead of Iowa State. That is absolutely terrible, the committee, not to have them at Iowa State. And Justin, I know you feel the same. I do. You know, um, Iowa State, I felt, you know, it's a good, Matt Campbell's done a terrific job. They're going to be playing for their first conference title since 1912. Matt Campbell's done a great job with the Cyclones. Thing is, they have two losses, the Louisiana Oklahoma State, as you mentioned. Texas handed them that game on Black Friday a few weeks ago. They should have three losses. You know, Texas beat themselves. Yeah, I think we might have lost Justin there, but 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 yeah, I mean it's it's just yeah, I mean th- there's there's no way that 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 uh, that Iowa State should be, and, and we get Jace's comment. Cincinnati is the best team in Ohio, and Louisiana should be ahead of uh, Ohio State. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll debate. I debate that. I debate that with Ohio State and Cincinnati. I would like to see them play. I would really like to see them play against each other, and Louisiana should be ahead of Iowa State. Jace has a point there because early in the in the beginning of the season, Louisiana beat Iowa State. So that's that's a good point there. Justin, you back? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, Jace is. Um. Yeah. You know, Louisiana is a good team now because I know Iowa State or Louisiana has a head to head with um Iowa State. I don't know if they should be. A, I don't know if Louisiana should be ahead of them. It's a good team. I think they should be ranked up a little bit more than they are at nineteen. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'd rather see him play head to head first, but, um, uh, Billy Napier is on a terrific job with the Rage occasion. That's a, that's a good team. It'll be fun to see him play close for a couple weeks, but yeah, for right now, they should be up a few spots more. Um, but I don't know if they, you know, if they, if, you know, if they should be ahead of, uh, Iowa State because Iowa State is a good team in the big 12. I know they're playing some really good football right now, um, besides the Texas game, but I think, you know, things you should have a little bit more respect, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but but still, I, there's no way Iowa State should be number seven. I, th- no. th- th- that just can't happen. Oh, yeah, def- definitely not. You know, Cincinnati got penalty. You know, again, I think it's, a, you know, it's kind of in their um, team right now. They have the COVID issues, but then Ohio State hasn't got knocked off or – I know they're still number four with all the COVID issues. They, I mean, they haven't they've had other teams that COVID issues, but they had the COVID issue when they're going to play the game against Illinois. Yeah, you know, they don't go backwards. Again, I know Texas A&M hasn't looked great, but still, that that that's a good thing. You know, Texas A&M is a really good football team, um, and, and you know, it, Cincinnati's blown out everybody. It hurts now that you know they don't get Tulsa twice. But yeah, two loss Iowa State team should not not be ahead of a. No loss in Cincinnati team because if you have not watched Cincinnati, you you know you, you got to watch them. I know you'll see them next, you know, ten days from now against Tulsa American Conference Championship game. But that that is a really good team. Luke Fickle's had a really really 
he's done a great job to take it over. Um, they're really, you know, Desmond Rule, um, Ritter's gotten a lot better this year. And that's a Zanetti team. I want to see him get in, but I know they're, you know, now their goose is pretty much cooked for that. Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll, head, we'll talk about the Ohio State and Cincinnati situation. We'll start with Ohio State, and obviously the big the big story is is their game got canceled against Michigan this week. But it's it knows there's now there's there's breaking news that uh that that they're probably going to still play in the Big Ten championship game uh be, because they're going to obviously the Big Ten which is making themselves look like fools. They're going to change the rules so Ohio State could play Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. And uh, the question is though, Justin is. With say they even win the Big Ten at six and zero, do you think they could still they should still be in the playoff at at six and zero if they win the Big Ten? Um, first off, yeah, I, you know I'm not surprised the Big Ten bent the rules for them. You knew it was a matter of time before they did that. They finally played a complete game. I thought you mentioned you say last week. They're gonna play Northwestern. That's a good you know it's it's a really good football team. I assume they'll probably be a 17, 18 point favorite against Northwestern heading into that game. If they look complete and they play, you know, 60 minutes of football like they did for midway through, you know, midway through three quarters against Indiana where they had like the 35-7 lead, 42-7, whatever, and they play a full 60 minutes of football, I definitely think they do deserve to get in. Um, you know, obviously I'll be sitting there wanting to see craziness and see Cincinnati get in, but I don't think, you know – Again, and, and the thing is, too, I if they struggle in this game against Northwestern, I still think they're going to get in. I, I, you know, should they get in? Depends on what else happens between now and then. But I, I, I'd be shocked if this team is not in it as long as, as long as they beat Northwestern. And as long as Alabama beats Florida, if, if Alabama yeah. beats Florida and they beat uh, and they beat Northwestern, they're in. Because because even if because even if uh, even if uh, Clemson beats Notre Dame, Notre Dame the the, the uh, Notre Dame would still be in then, and uh, Alabama would be number one, and then Ohio State would end up probably being maybe number two or number three. So yeah, so so they they would pretty much just need to beat Northwestern and uh, and Alabama would have to beat Florida. But we'll look yeah. at some other team. Yeah, what do you say, Justin? Oh no 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 never mind. So. Uh, we look at some other teams too that got games canceled, Cincinnati and Texas A&M. And uh, do you think that's going to affect either of those two teams' chance to get into the college football playoff? Definitely, I, I think it hurts Cincinnati now that you know if they they're supposed to play this week, you know. So if Cincinnati beat them, it would have knocked Tulsa out of the top twenty-five more than likely. Um, but I, you know, but again, if you beat a team like that twice, it would have been um, good resume boost, definitely. Um, it, dude, it definitely hurts Cincinnati now to the SMU and UCF aren't ranked as well. That definitely hurts them as, you know, that's definitely stinks for them, but it, it definitely does. And now, cause now it could be a month between they played. And that's what I'm mostly worried about is all the rust that you, you know, we could have with the Cincy team. And I know they got a bunch of upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, but still going a month between a game, you know, it could be really, really tough, and that's why I was kind of hoping they were going to get a shot this week to play Tulsa, kind of get all the rust off them this week, you know, um, and then get at them again next week. But um, it, I, I think now at number eight, I think it really just – it's the committee is telling you they don't they don't respect um, group of five. They really don't. It's been the case for years, and 
again, it's a, it's a shame. This is why I want it expanded. That's a topic for another day, but it's again, it just, it just shows you. They just, it's because to show they don't watch this game. They don't watch their games. And all yeah, feel like that team's really, really good. Yeah. And them saying they watch film. That's total nonsense. I think Jace would agree with us too. This, that that's, that's total nonsense that they watch film. I mean, the way, the way they disrespected BYU, uh, they don't. They don't. They don't have Coastal Carolina in the top ten for being undefeated. They don't have Cincinnati. They have, they have Iowa State ahead of Cincinnati. I mean, it just shows you the the, the, the committee just doesn't watch film. No. no, they don't. No, and again, they care more about brand than they care about who's best or trying to expand. You know, or just trying to get the top four teams of that year into it. They they care more about the brand, and I know it's about ratings, ratings of money, but. Still, you know, I, I think everybody, I, I think it will, you know, again, rating, ratings will be great if Alabama, Ohio State, but I think a lot of people would love to see Alabama, a Cincinnati, or, you know, even a Colster or BYU if they got, if they got there, you know, I think people would have, would love to see those, those teams get a chance to see if they could compete because I think they could. Yes, they definitely, definitely could. They absolutely could. But we'll get to the games this week, and we got a top twenty matchup. Two teams that won't make the probably won't make the college football playoff. Obviously, North Carolina wants Miami still has one loss, but they won't make the ACC title game. So we got Miami heading down to Miami down to face the Canes in Miami, and uh, I think this is going to be a close, competitive game. But I'm taking De'Ara King to outduel. Uh, uh, Sam Sam Howell and I and I got Miami in a high score winning close in a high scoring game. But the question is, Justin, can Sam Howell outplay De'Ara King and and for the Tar Heels to pull the upset over Miami? I think there is a very good possibility. I do have the Tar Heels going the road, thirty four thirty one, getting the upset. Uh, Miami lost another defense player, Alblage uh, Junior, last night in the secondary. Um, he's got myochondria, so he's opting out. He'll be out the rest of the season. Um, you know, hopefully he gets well, gets back on the field next year. They did Miami law has like 15 guys injured. I think they're hoping to get some of those guys back, but I don't know who, especially on the defensive side. Um, if Quincy Roshi can get pressure on Sam Howell, I think it could be a long day, not a long day, but I think Sam Howell could struggle. Um, but right now I I'm going to take the Tar Heels right now. I was a big believer in this Tar Heels team this year. I thought they had a chance to meet Clemson again in Charlotte and have a chance, but I was saying that happening. But I'll take Mac Brown to get it done on the road, 34-31. We got the traditional Army Navy game. We got the traditional Army Navy game this year. And uh here's just I, I think this will be a fun, exciting game. Teams will run the ball, but I think Army Army wins it close. But just here's just a basic question, Justin. Does does Navy have a chance? I think it's gonna be tough for them this year. They Navy's really they not really find a quarterback all season long. They they in their offense right now, they're averaging like under 300 yards a game, which is really rare for Navy. They're usually they're like average like 320, you know, run game, usually more. And then the other thing is, too, is third down. You know, the thing is, they're like 35% this year. That's really low for them. Usually they're great because they can get it 31 and 32. It kind of just shows that. Um, Frank's comment there. Go go Army. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just saw Frank's comment. Yes, he's, Frank's an Army guy, as we know. He's been an Army guy and a Miami guy. So big weekend yeah. for him. I think they're both playing at the same time, too. So you got he's got the Canes playing and he's got the Black Knights playing. He's got the Army-Navy game at the same time. So Frank will be busy at 3.30 on Saturday. You know that sure, but getting back to yeah, the game, he yeah, it will be. Um, but I, I just think Army's got a little bit too much for him. Um, 
First time that they're playing in West Point since 1943. Every other year, it's been neutral site, so it's been a while. I know Army's got the end zones. Uh, they like the one end zone. It's got Navy. It, it says like it's got beat Navy um, in that end zone, but I think Army's to be able to control the game. It's always a fun, low-scoring game, but always one of my favorites because I, I love watching the um, I love watching these offenses, old-school football. But I'll take Army. They always got great uniforms, so those uniforms are always great. Battle of Indiana this weekend. We don't know if this game is going to be played because both teams are, are uh, I think, Indiana pause team activities, yeah. and and uh, I think Purdue did the same. So, but if 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 I think Indiana wins this game by a couple scores, but if but if the two teams do play, Justin, can Purdue spoil its in-state's rivals' uh, slim playoff hopes? I think there's a chance. Um... You know, again, I, I was stunned last week. I guess I shouldn't have been stunned. Again, Tom Allen did such a great job with that program. Um, going to Camp Randall, winning that game was unbelievable. You know, um, Plummer, they, you know, key for Purdue, they got some weapons in, in David Bell and Rondell Moore. I think they're two of the best duo wide receiver, du, you know, duo in the country right now. They're both really exposed, explosive. Um, we've seen at times in the end of secondary could be a little bit um, – Weak at times, but um, I just, you know, again, Indiana's just so great at getting turnovers. I think, you know, they'll, they'll force a couple and they'll make the game easy, a little bit easier for Jack Tuttle. And I think he'll make enough plays against a Purdue defense that isn't really that that special. Um, Bob Diaco is the D coordinator of that one. So UConn fans know <laughs> um, about him, but. I'll go to Hoosiers to win it close. I think Purdue will keep it close, but I'll go with Purdue. I mean, As Indiana. Indiana, gotcha, gotcha. Yep, yep. But now they won't play in the Big Ten championship game, it looks like. Sadly, they won't play in the Big Ten yeah, title game. Yep. Yeah. Oh, actually, so, I was because I was going through scenarios before the Big yeah. Ten um, decided to, you know, give Ohio State, the, they changed the rules on them. If Indiana wasn't able to play next week, if they still had to shut down. I saw this. If, Penn State, yeah, you saw it. Penn, Penn State, State Michigan State. State winner would have gone to the Big Ten championship. Yeah. Imagine that. Penn State at 0-5, then yeah. gets to play in the Big Ten title game against Northwestern. And I'm telling you, I think they would have beat Northwestern if they played in the Big Ten title game. I think they have, a, they have a chance. You have to say they'd have a chance to beat Northwestern. You have to admit, they'd have a chance. Because the well, way Penn State's been playing recently, yeah. They definitely do. You know, they have I, the more talented team. I don't think they, they – obviously, yeah. Northwestern's got the better coach, but they'd yeah. have the more talented team, I'll give you that, if that matchup happened. They I think, you know, I think, you know, they, Clifford's got to play really well. Him or uh, Will Levis, whoever starts a quarterback, but they definitely have a shot. And that would be crazy. Four and five, they get a New Year's Six Bowl invite. They, they would win the game. They would have gotten crazy. a New Year's Six Bowl invite. That's crazy. Under 500, and they would be able to be, they would go to a New Year's Six. They would go to a New Year's Bowl. That would be crazy. Yeah. But we got to get to an SEC matchup in Gainesville as uh, LSU travels down to to Gainesville to face the Gators. And this game is going to be an easy win. Florida is going to cruise right into the SEC championship game. I got Florida by four scores against LSU. Yeah, it's going to be ugly. I got this 48 to 20. Uh, again, we saw LSU's defense last week, Alabama. Um, Devontae Smith put up a Tyree kill effort from two weeks ago, uh, 200 yards in the first half, eight catches, just absolutely torched them. LSU loves to play man to man, and there is no way that they're going to be able to guard Kyle Pitts or um, Kadarius Tony, who's I think one of the fastest wide receivers in the country. He will burn who's ever on him in this LSU secondary. Problem for LSU as well, too offensively now is Terrence Marshall opted out, and then Arik Gilbert 
their second leading receiver behind Terrence Marshall is a talented freshman tight end. He's also considered leaving LSU. So TJ Finley, who I think is getting a little bit better every week, he's going to miss his two big targets. So uh, it's going to be a very long night for LSU. We got the last game, and that's the Battle of L.A. as undefeated USC travels to UCLA. And I think this is going to be a fun game, a close, high-scoring game that USC is going to win. I think USC wins another close game to go to 5-0. and But my question is, can Chip Kelly's offense do enough to hand USC their first loss? You know, I'm taking USC, UCLA because Chip Kelly is my favorite coach in college football. So I don't like picking against them. And I won't pick against them this week. I think they'll knock off you. I, I'm not very um, confident in the pick. I'm, I'm not. But, um, again, USC hasn't been great stopping the run. Last week, um, Solovez absolutely torched Washington State. I thought that was going to be a good game last week against Washington last Sunday night. But that turned out to be a – that was ugly. Um, but, you know, um, Doran Thompson-Robinson, again, he's not – the prototypical called Chip Kelly quarterback, but year three in the system, he's done enough and he's gotten better every year. As long as he can protect the football, I think he gives this, this team a chance. They've been really good um, at running the football. And I think they have a chance. I, you know, and I, and I think they can keep the ball out of USC's hands on that offense. And I'm going to take the Bruins and knock them off. I know, you know, um, Slovez threw for over 500 yards last year against the Bruins. I, and I see Bruins making sure that doesn't happen again. I'll take the upset. I'll, I'll take my boy Chip Kelly for the win. Nice, nice. Going with Chip Kelly over the Trojans. So we're going we're gonna to go to college basketball, and obviously COVID issues have been another – just like in college football, COVID issues have been an issue in college basketball. And here locally with UConn, for the second time – this so uh, this week, uh, UConn basketball has been shut has been shut down. Their game against the St. John's is not going to happen. Their game against Georgetown is probably not going to happen. Here's my question, Justin: When do, when will we expect UConn to to be back on the court? Well, actually, Dan Hurley said last night if everybody tests positive, I mean negative, the rest of the week, there is a chance they can get back on the floor Sunday for practice. Um, they did cancel the Georgetown game Sunday. Still up in the air if they play Providence next Thursday. But the thing was, Hurley said a few weeks ago, if this ever happened, you know, before they got shut down again, um, he said he wants a full week before they start playing games again. So I would even put Providence right now in jeopardy on the road. Um, but I, I think Sunday you're going to see it. They, it was one player and one non-tier personnel staff. So probably somebody with their travel party, I assume. Um, but hopefully Sunday, if not, I'm not – it's probably maybe another week, but I'm not. I'm not sure. So they're not. So they're, I thought they might be out for two weeks. So they're not going to be out for two weeks. They won't be out from for two full weeks. I think COVID usually should be out for two full weeks, but they're going to change that. It sounds like there's a chance they. It, corner her is. It sounds like if they all test negative this week, the rest of the week they can go back on the floor Sunday. It's it's this is more Big East protocol because Syracuse is going through the same thing right now, and they're still playing. It, it's again, it's. The NCAA has done a terrible job of regulating things. Oh, um, God. It's been out of control. It's been, they, they really should just stop this, pause this season. It's so out of control right now. Games are getting canceled left and right. There are. I would love to get in that debate with you, but I know we don't have the time now. <laughs> Maybe another day. Yeah. Um, but, again, it, if it's not Sunday, I don't know. They're probably going to have to wait another week is my best get, guess, but Hurley didn't really mention that. 
but that's what I'm thinking. It's probably gonna have to be another. It probably has to be two full weeks. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, it's just it's tough because again, it it if it is, it's a month of already. You missed two weeks earlier. As you mentioned two weeks now. It's it's tough to get a flow when you do. You know, you worry about you know the rust and just trying to get in rhythm because it, it it's tough right now. Exactly. And and the thing the thing is the team's undefeated. I mean, they beat two bad they beat two teams they obviously should have beaten, but the team's undefeated. They got a big win against USC and then and then they had the game postponed. They got the game canceled against NC State due to due to them having a player test positive. And now they they're 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 gonna have their game against St. John's and probably Georgetown postponed too. So it's just it's tough for you kind of keep this momentum going. Yeah, it is. And and again, we all knew we were going to have to go, you know, every team probably is going to have to go through it once or twice, uh, you know, or everyone's going to have to get a game canceled or, or, you know, game canceled this year. It just is what it is. But yeah, you know, they come off the big one against USC. You stay down the bubble. Again, NC State was a team that looked good. Again, it was another winnable game. It was a game probably where the winner was probably going to have a good shot again in the top 25. It was going to be a big game. Um, again, it was late Friday night. It broke. It was unfortunate, but, um, it's definitely tough to get in a rhythm and you kind of see it through your offense is not, was not really in sync against USC towards the end of that game. So, um, and the thing was they were training the first, first time they were out, they were all out in the uh, field hockey field, you know, running, you know, and just doing some cardio stuff, but you really can't do that much now. You know, it's, it's tough now, you know, it's, it was nice back in the, you know, early November. Now, now it's pretty cold out. Maybe they are, I don't really know, but, that's about all they can do right now. There's no – can't really do any basketball things. I don't even think anybody can go in the facilities. I, I don't believe – like, I don't even think you can go shoot around or any of that. I believe it's all on lockdown. If, if I think, you know, again, I may not be right about that, but at, I think that's what it is. So, it's like I don't think they get shots up right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just – it's been all over college basketball, the COVID issues. But we'll talk about the games that were played last night. We had some, we had some, we had three top twenty, top, I think top fifteen matchups last night. As first, we had uh, Creighton and uh, Kansas. That was a great game. I think let's. These are two teams that could win their conference. These two teams can make a run in the tournament this year. I really like both these teams. Creighton had four guys and uh, scoring double figures. Uh, Jalen uh, Wilson had a huge game for KU. The freshman he had twenty three points. Great game. Came down to the end. Uh, came down to a free throw from Creighton. They missed it, and Kansas ended up winning by one. But a great game. That was definitely the best game of the night. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, I was cheering really hard for Creighton just because it would have been a great one for the Big East to go to Allen Fieldhouse and get a win. Um, I think both the I do I do agree with you. I think both these teams have a shot. So my worry, one worry, of Creighton is they just as you saw they don't have much size. They get absolutely you know they 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 struggle to hold their own on the glass. Um. But Marcus Zergowski, I think, is one of the top. I players. like Zergowski a lot. Yeah. He's a really good shooter. It's unfortunate. He's usually a pretty good free throw shooter. It's unfortunate he missed the final one. Um, but, yeah, you know, that that was a fun one. Um, they got lucky, too, because Ochi um, Agajuba, I cannot pronounce his name, but he, he was averaging like 17 points going in. He really showed, he, you know, Creighton held him to zero. So, Gaines is pretty lucky that they got out of that game with a win. Absolutely, absolutely. So we had the Big Ten ACC Challenge last night, and first we had Iowa and North Carolina. And the big takeaway from this game is Iowa's three-point shooting. They had 17 threes in the game uh, to, to North Carolina six. Uh, Luca Garza had 16 points, and uh, oh, 
uh, Joe Westcamp, he had 19 points, so he had a huge game. Honestly, I think the thing about this Iowa team is I think they could go far. I think they're, they're one of the best teams in the country because they could beat you inside and they could beat you outside. And when you could do that in college basketball, you're going to be very tough to beat. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, the one you now one thing with Iowa, which I thought they did a decent job last night, is they do struggle defensively. I thought it was decent. They still give 80 points, but the thing is um, they were out, able to outscore North Carolina. The problem that I had with North Carolina's defense last night, especially early, um, was I understand doubling Luca Garza, you know, but the thing was the doubling, you know, is Joey Westcamp is a great shooter. Um, Jordan Boheme's a great shooter. They just have um, Frederick's a great shooter. You can't really double and leave a guy open because they were just finding the open guy every time. If it's a team that really cannot shoot the basketball i'm all for it but i was just it's they're too good to have to double just worry about garza i and i didn't really like it from boy williams either because grayson brooks is a i i really like brooks and i think he could have um been able to you know i think he should have gave him a shot to guard him one-on-one and lead the double team out and if he needed the help just you know go for it um, but again, yeah, I was such a great team. Luca's are Luca guards is one of my favorites. I love watching centers in general, um, but that kid never quits. Um, and this Iowa team definitely is fun to watch. If they can stay healthy, they, they definitely have a shot. And the thing for North Carolina is too, last year it was guard play. I know Anthony was good. Um, a lot of turnovers though from him at, or they had a lot of turnovers at times they did again last night. Thing is they turn over the ball too much and, you know, love and days haven't been great with the ball. And I think that's going to be North Carolina's struggle once again this year. Big, the Big Ten got another win last night over the ACC as Illinois beat Duke 83-68. Uh, uh, DeSumo had 18 points. That I mean, he was the best player on the floor. And the big takeaway from Duke is they can't shoot threes at all. I mean, they went five for 22 from three-point range. Uh, Matt Hurt went 0 for 6. Uh, Duke right now, this shows you that the, the one and done really doesn't work. You keep, uh, you see this with Duke and Kentucky, the one and done start not to work. The experienced teams of Illinois and Iowa, those are the teams that are that are working right now, are in Villanova. Those teams are working right now. The one and does is just not working, and it showed last night with Duke. Nope. And I, you know, it was great watching Duke and Syracuse at the same time. That made my evening. Um, of course, as a UConn, a big UConn fan, it definitely does. Oh, yeah. Cal Perry struggling, it, you know. You're definitely right, especially in this year where everything is just topsy-turvy, as we talked about. Um, they're not great. And I and that's a in Illinois was such a bad matchup because the way they can get to the basket with their guards, they're not great defensively, Duke again. Again, I you know, it, it, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, but I think since Grayson Allen's left, they've been searching for a three-point shooter. I'm like, Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Two years ago, Reddish was decent, but again, he wasn't a guy that you can count on. Zion, Zion was great, but he couldn't shoot. Yep, he couldn't shoot. Barrett was the same thing. He's, you know, was okay. They can't shoot. And I think the big thing this year, too, is going to hurt them is they, they, you know, they losing a guy like Trey Jones. They don't have that veteran point guard. They don't even have, you know, not even a leader. They don't have the guy that can hit a shot late in the game. I don't think – I wouldn't trust anybody to take a shot late in this – late in a game for the Duke team right now you you can't you know um again hurts too consistent and he's not great defensively uh for a big guy he's not you know he's not great he's not really physical um again Duke's got to score in transition and if you can keep that from happening 
you're you're gonna beat Duke. I you know, I think it could be a year like 2015, 2016, where they're like 27 and 10. They end up like again. I I think there's gonna be some struggles. You know, um, Shetty was not too happy last night either. I you know, um, want to shut everything down again, but again, that's just Shetty. <laughs> but um, I like this Illinois. You know, going back to Illinois, I think this team definitely has a shot to win the whole thing. Um, I don't really – I'm not a big Brad Edward guy, but um, Kofi Cockburn, Cockburn and um, Io DeSumo, one of the best guard center duos in the country. I'd put them and um, Boheme or um, Garza right there or West Kemp and Garza. This is a really, really good Illinois team and was not was not shocked. I knew it was such a bad matchup and – you know, as you texted me too, it, Big Ten dominated ACC. Oh, completely and, dominated them, and, and and even in the other games too. I think the Big Ten was six and one against the ACC, oh, and yeah. uh, and uh, yeah, and obviously in the two featured games, they won them both pretty handedly. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think it was Miami won the was the only ACC in the team to win, and they were down like eighteen at the half. So to Purdue, but yeah, you know, um, Big Ten. You know, I told you, Big Big Ten. Don't you know for everyone out there. They don't all beat each other up, and there's 68 teams this year. 11, 12 teams could definitely make the big dance for the Big Big Ten. It is that deep this year. Um, it's at Penn State, who's the worst team I think in the Big Ten this year, beat Virginia Tech by 20 last night. They're not. They shouldn't wow. be ranked 15, but um, I think they're Virginia Tech's good, but they're not ranked 15. But still, Penn State annihilated annihilated them last night. Wow! Wow! That that's crazy. That's crazy. So we're gonna wrap up the show with the with James Harden, who is open to a trade to the uh, Philadelphia 76ers or to a championship contender. Uh, I think the big team is the Philadelphia 76ers here. If he does get traded to the Sixers, that would team him with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, and probably if the, if if he does get traded, Tobias Harris and uh, and Josh Richardson, they're probably gone. A couple first round picks. So. I, this James Harden thing is crazy. He didn't show up for he didn't he hasn't, still hasn't shown up for training camp. I think it's inevitable that the Rockets are going to end up trading him. I mean, with Russell Westbrook's now being traded to the Wizards, I think it's inevitable that he's that he's going to be gone. A lot of a lot of rumors were out there that he preferred John Wall over uh, over Russell Westbrook. I just think he wanted Russell Westbrook out of there and he wanted to be the guy. I, I think it's just getting to a point where it, it, it's inevitable that James Harden's going to end up being traded. And it looks like if the Sixers do get him. It looks like it's going to be the Sixers, and if the Sixers do get them, even though Simmons and Embiid don't get along, they still are a championship contender. They definitely would be, and I think it would definitely help out Simmons because um, <laughs> the, the biggest James Harden hater. Yeah, yeah, he does not like James. You know, Frank doesn't like James Harden. Just said overrated ball hog, and and I I, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, he is, he is, he has chased teammates off. He chased Chris Paul off. He's chased Russell Westbrook out. We're sure he's just chased Russell Westbrook out of there. So yeah, he is overrated. He is an overrated ball hog. But still, if you could team him up with Embiid and Simmons in Easter in the East, I still would say that I would still probably take the Bucks, the Heat, and the Nets over them. But they they would be in the mix if if he goes there. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, I definitely wouldn't put him number one. But I think it just you know, you get a guy because they were missing that last year. They weren't a great shooting team. Um, they could add a guy like James Harden. I, I love the same overrated ball hog. Because <laughs> um, they missed J.J. Redick last year. You could see yeah, they, they, they missed a guy who could spot up and shoot a three, definitely. They did. So, I, again, um, it would definitely help him. I think it would help out Simmons, too, because it takes less pressure off him, you know. It, you know, um, But, yeah, it definitely just seems he, he wants no part of being in Houston. And 
I think, you know, maybe John Wall is going to be able to keep him there, but it does not sound like he's going to be able to. Again, that being a Kings fan, that'd be fine. That'd take another team away that maybe he's going to start rebuilding. Oh, you need, you, yeah, you need, you need a team. You need a team to get taken away. I mean, there aren't many teams, teams in the Western Conference. The Western Conference is loaded. So it would be nice for you to get a team that, that, that isn't that good in the Western Conference. Yep. It definitely would. So I, I guess I'd be, I'd be for him getting traded. But um, again, yeah, I, you know, definitely champion contender. But I don't think you know they, they, you know, um, definitely not be the favorite, especially over the, like the Nets. Or I, yeah, I definitely take a Heat or Bucks over them as well. Yeah, and the big reason why they wouldn't be is because of chemistry. The Heat have better chemistry. They're the top organization in the league. The Nets with Kyrie and and with uh, Durant and Kyrie. I'll take I'll take Kevin Durant over James Harden any day of the week, and uh, and and uh, with the Bucks, I'll take Giannis to, to 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 be I'll take Giannis over James Harden any day of the week. So uh, over over Harden. So yeah, I would think they would be a top, obviously a top four team in the East, but not a championship contender in the East. Yeah, that, you know, definitely not because they'd be probably sitting there at the four seed. Probably would have to face the Bucks. You know, even if you know, let's say like they probably end up with like a Celtics or um, Raptors in the first round. That that won't be an easy. You know, no. Again, that, that that would be a difficult first round opponent for him. So, yeah, I could definitely see the team, you know, losing six, seven games in the first round because, you know, yeah, James Harden may want to play here in the playoffs, and he shouldn't shouldn't be. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. But that's gonna wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RNJ. For Jace Garcia, did a great job producing today. Uh, Justin Anafro, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week. Uh, talking week 15 of the NFL season and championship week week of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone, and enjoy the football. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.